clear for takeoff. Once again, welcome to Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. As always, I am your party host, Jeff Rivera. Along with me, as always, is my astute, educational, informative co-host, the incredibly handsome, he is King Strevler's jockstrap holder, none other than Matt Szilard, a.k.a. King Sliz. Sliz, say hello, my friend. Hey, what's up? Hope uh, hope you're feeling rested. Got to Thursday Thursday night football gave us a chance to disconnect from football a little bit over over the Christmas holiday weekend if you celebrate. So that was um, for, for us Jets fans probably a good thing to be yeah. able to get something to distract us, put it behind us, and, yeah. and and quite frankly, you know, not not to get ahead of ourselves, but we we got some gifts around the league, so we're we're not dead yet, right? Yeah, I mean, big shout out to the NFL schedule makers, knowing that the Jets would ruin our Christmas one way or the other. So um, it, it's nice to not have to deal with that on Christmas Day. And, you know, what a wet fart of a game, right? So, so let's start there. Let's start with the runway rundown. It was wet. It was disgusting. It was the arguably the worst offensive performance that we've seen this year. And we've seen some bad that's ones, saying, right? That's saying something, yeah. And we've seen some bad ones, and it, it was terrible. 19-3 loss to Jacksonville. I, again, I called it, if you listen to this podcast, I, I said it uh, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago now, I don't think the Jets are winning another game the rest of the season, and they are right on track to proving me right, Sliz. And I said it last week on the flight plan. If the Jets couldn't – we're, we're going to get to Zach, you know, as we always do. We'll talk about Zach. We'll talk about Shreveler. But this is point one for me with this offense. If you cannot run the ball in this offense, you are not going to win very many football games, period. And the Jets, once again, putrid putrid on the ground. Uh, grand total of 66 rushing yards. And I want to say most of those, or a big chunk of those, came from Chris Trevor, who had 54 yards on the ground himself. <laughs> oh my all god the second, all in the second half right all in the second half just like listen Sliz, and i know people want to get on zach and kill zach because you want to see the kid put the team on his back and you know whatever his future is it's for us to discuss after the season but a disgusting performance all around what did you think yeah i mean it it, it i feel like we're a broken record from the past couple of weeks yep with, with zach specifically right where and, and this game didn't have any of the highlights, right? It was all just bad and low. And um, right. it, it's almost not even worth regurgitating it because it's all the same stuff that we've said that everyone in, in Jets media has said for weeks and really for months now. Um, he looks broken. And, and to your point, when he's that broken, when the rest of the offense isn't working – it, it just makes it that much worse, right? How many plays were there where we had like a negative, a negative or, or even first down play followed by a penalty or a negative play. And then you're in third and long or second and long and, and you're trying to dig out of a hole, right? It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't jive well with trying to get this guy to fix his mental. And, right. and, and even if you had a quarterback, even if Mike White's out there, that's still tough on Mike White too. And, and this run game, like you're beating up on the run game there. And I, I fully agree. It's not just a Zach Wilson thing. A lot of people, oh, they're stacking the box because uh, they don't, don't worry about Zach throwing deep. But I, that's not necessarily it. Like if you watch back a lot of those plays, like you, you just have guys losing one-on-ones against just normal alignments, right? Yeah. We're, we're just losing at the line of scrimmage and, 
you you could say Brees Hall's making the difference. I don't think he is. Brees Hall is probably getting you more than what we're getting right now, but Brees Hall can only make so many guys miss in the backfield too, right? Yep. So, and, and it's been something going back to when Mike White was at quarterback too. We didn't run particularly well against Buffalo. We ran okay against Minnesota. It, it's been kind of a trend really since the bye. Um, if you get rid of, ignore the, the Chicago game because that defense just wasn't very good and, and they had no life on offense either, right? Like if you take out the Chicago game, we've been kind of just lifeless in the run game and really losing a lot at the line of scrimmage in the run game. And that's where it all starts up front. You know, there's, there's been some discussion. What was the bigger, biggest loss? You know, what, what changed since the first half of the season? Brees Hall's, I think, the easiest, easy guy to look for. And and me, uh, a resident AVT trade-up pick hater, AVT's been the biggest difference in, in the yeah. run game, right? Where he sets the tone. He He – can work and operate in space he can pull as a guard and and hit that guy open up the hole once he went down and with kind of the revolving door at tackle it's just kind of all falling apart man yep i mean let's let's look at some of the drives that they had and says again i understand that people want to hate zach and listen that's a debate that we will have forever right i clearly the the mental reset didn't do much for him i mean we saw a little bit more last week in terms of footwork and mechanics than we saw this week from Zach. And it was just a total, total offensive failure this week. It's a team game. Like people don't want to hear that, but it is. Let's look at some of these drives, right? So these are some of the things that we're dealing with. Uh, first quarter, George Fant, false start. We're looking at a second and 12 after that, after a second and seven. Second quarter, you're looking at a first and 15 after Zonovan Knight, no gain. Uh, first and 15, you're looking at Another George Fant false start. You're looking at put him in a second and 17 situation. You're looking at uh, Zach incomplete and you're looking at, he was sacked for eight yards, right? Like these are the, it, it's everything. It's everything. And when you're taking yourself out of those second and third down or third and manageable situations, it doesn't matter who's out there period. If you're constantly playing behind the sticks, it doesn't matter. So well, people want to kill Zach because he didn't put the team on his back. He obviously missed some throws. I mean, the the, the short hop to Corey Davis over the middle. The the long throw to Davis that was knocked down by the wind. He didn't have the arm to get it out there. It was actually a good read. And I know people are like, they're looking at it and saying, oh, well, he can't throw that ball to triple coverage. He didn't. Davis was wide open over the top. And yeah. whether it was the weather and, and or better, the arm, he didn't get there. Yeah, and be- better weather. We've seen him make that throw, right? He right. Made, made some throws like that the week before. So Right. So it's like. Listen, again, I'm not absolving Zach, but it's just to say this was top to bottom. It was a total offensive nightmare. So, uh, and, and then people want to look at, let's let's talk a little bit about your boy here, Sliz. Um, people want to talk about Shreveler coming in and the offense, quote unquote, looking better. It doesn't matter the team. It doesn't matter the situation. doesn't matter the defense. How often do we see NFL defenses struggle with adjusting to a backup quarterback in game, right? Especially a backup quarterback mm-hmm. that can run, right? And the thing about Shriveler is he has <laughs> Shriveler has a package, but he has a package. It's it's a small package, right? Chris Chris Shriveler has a small package. It's not a big package. So um I'm trying to get you here. I'm trying to get you. Just laugh. Just laugh. I see it. But anyway. Um I, I Chris, am I am <laughs> Chris Shriveler has a small package and it, it's not 
and you saw it. It's roll out right, you know, see if you can make a throw or layered throw over the middle. That Uzama throw should have been a touchdown. Aggravating to watch. You know, who knows if the game. Oh well, yeah, from but that, for for the people that have been pounding the the table for King Shrev all season, like that throw alone is right. why he's not an NFL quarterback, right? right? Any quarterback in the NFL makes that throw. The dude has time. He sets his feet. But even with setting his feet, is flat-footed and, and just like wings it with his arm, and it it's not even close. <laughs> it was just a he's got no arm, man. I mean, zero arm, you know. And listen, they 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 did offensively, you know. It's the issues have compounded themselves, right? Guys are getting open, but nobody can hit them. Running game is bad. Offensive line is bad. It's just top to bottom. It's just a mess. It's a mess. So. Listen, there's there's a lot you can talk about, Zach, there. There's a lot you can talk about, Shovler. So, Liz, what did you see from, from Chris Shovler? There, is there anything at all that, that, that this team can latch on to with Shovler? Admittedly, I had to go back and, and watch watch a little bit because I might have flipped it off come, <laughs> come halftime. The game was pretty much over. But went, went back and watched, and I mean, there, there's not much there. I do think – and we, we saw it when, Zach at quarterback, we plan to use Streveler in a package, right? To to help yeah. kind of give him looks mid drive, get us ahead of chains. And of course that backfired. I think the one place Streveler got out there during the Zach, we yeah, we had the false start and and set it what one of the few drives where we were actually ahead of the sticks. I think it was it was second and seven, and then we immediately have a, a false start and get behind the chains, and then you throw Zach in there behind the chains, right? Just continually I don't know, just shooting ourselves. But I, I do like the Strev package, and I think it has use, especially I think it has more use with Mike White, honestly, than it does with Zach. And it's for some of the reasons we talked about in previous weeks, especially if you get into situational sets, either short yardage or down at the goal line. Streveler is able to move and stress a defense both with his legs and then in that short yardage or goal line scenarios the arm doesn't matter right it's right. not as impactful especially you're always going to be getting him moving on the pocket if he's going to throw um so i i do think the strev package is going to see itself over the next two weeks um i i think it should hopefully help spur the run game a little bit, um, but really it needs to organically fix itself. Um, mm. it, it's it's rough. Not it, it's extra rough. Not only when you're not getting like positive yards, when you're not getting three, four yards on first down, but when you're like getting zero or negative, that really that really stresses you hard. Right. So. And and listen, man. Salah said it after the game. He went to Strover because they were trying to get the run game going. Whether or not you buy into that, fine. I I really don't. I'm not here to debate what Salah was talking about, to be honest with you. But like, listen, you could see that they were at least running the ball a tiny bit <laughs> with Strover in there. And you know, I I want you to think back to to last year, Sliz. And I understand the reasons why these play calls aren't happening. But you remember last year when you had Jamison Crowder running? You know, he run a short you know a short in route and he'd throw the ball over to Braxton Berrios right lateral across the field like that sort of creativity is what the Jets and Michael Floor are going to need to find a way to put out on the field over these last two games even if it's the 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 10 yard flea flicker that that you know everybody loves Mike White it's gift for even if it's a even if it's that like you need to find a way to get this offense off of the ground right now, because it's bad. And, and the offensive line isn't going to give you the opportunities with the way they're playing right now, period, which sucks. Yep. 
I mean, George Fant, God bless George Fant. This guy was taking all the time in the world to heal his knee, you know, setting himself up for that next contract. And he made it the easiest decision in the world to not even like consider bringing him back because he's been awful. Uh, Nate Herbig, say what you want about Herbig. He's been fine as a fill-in. I mean, he, not good at times. You you've mentioned it a lot on this podcast that Herbig is a guy that um Herbig is a guy that's not going to give you the mobility that AVT gives you in the run game. So it's a wash with him, even if he's a decent decent pass protector. McGovern is a is a literal league average middle of the pack center, and he got bullied in this game, and there was no reason for him to be bullied, and he's been bullied a lot over this last month. Yeah, he's a little bipolar. I love really good performances and then some really bad ones. Yeah, and it's I just I don't understand why. And then you look over at the left side, Lakin. I mean, he's this guy's just he's just been bad all year, right? That's a major wooden Joe. And then Dwayne Brown, who is you know I hope this guy retires, right? Like I'm sorry, but it's clear that his best days are behind him. So again, everybody wants to kill Zach, rightfully so. Everybody wants to kill this offense, but it starts up front, man. Like people, it starts up front and. That's on Joe Douglas because the amount of resources that he's put into this offensive line, even with the injuries, I mean, you're looking at four out of five starters on this offensive line right now, right? Even with the injuries, because Dwayne Brown came out of camp and he was going to be your starter, you know, with Becton's injury issues. You signed Tomlinson. Uh, McGovern's going to be here. He was going to be here. Herbig is the guy replacing AVT. And then George Fant was going to be a right tackle probably to start the year. So it's like, this I think that's the thing that people get twisted a little bit is like, yeah, there's injuries and you were dealing with rotating doors, like you said, a rotating door of buffoonery uh, at the tackle position. But um, this is the way that it was designed, <laughs> essentially, and it's and it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, it's it's not, man. And it <laughs> and. I don't want to get way ahead of us because the season's not over, even though the, it, after Thursday, it certainly felt oh, it's like over, it. Baby. It's over, baby. <laughs> it's over. But it, it does. I mean, there's a lot of questions there, regardless of quarterback, regardless of what the wide receiver room looks like, regardless of play caller and the, the play caller is not going to change. Spoiler alert. M- right. Michael Fleur is going to be here next year. Um, but yeah, the offensive line is the one that's like, man, there there's, it's hard to tackle, right? Because you got you have a couple pending free agents. McGovern's a free agent. Herbig's a free agent. Feeney is depth is a free agent. George Fant's a free agent. You have Mackay off injury after two injured years. Um, AVT coming back will will certainly help stabilize, but um, tackles almost even bigger of a question mark next year than oh, it was this sure. year, right? Yep. So. And and limited resources across the board to fix all of that. So yeah. we'll we'll see where where that goes. Um, I guess just let let's talk Zach a little bit, right? Don't want to dwell on it too much, but gets benched. You hear the report from I believe it was Jay Glazer saying, you know, sounding like his days are numbered. Of course, you get Sala saying no, they're not. And, and they have faith in him. Right. I, I lean more probably towards the Jay Glazer report than than the Robert Sala just not throwing his guy under the bus type of uh, speech. But but we'll see where it, where it goes. It it certainly I think went as bad as anyone could have imagined. And I know some people will say, oh, he was always this bad. It's like 
he this is wheels totally off the bus mental mentally broken bad right yeah. he, he was never this bad in college he never had these flaws exposed in college you could question them translating or not but yeah but we robbie sabo says it i think every single week at this point it's 100 percent mental with zach and and his mental is shattered and i'm sure it doesn't help you know I think we 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 definitely saw on Thursday Night Football with the live crowd, like the playing in New York thing, right? The thing where people always say it's hard to play in New York. Expectations are so much higher. It's like one of his first two or three plays was a tight end screen that was totally covered and he threw it in the dirt. And then the whole crowd's booing him. Right. It's like, that was the right play. You know, right. not, not to say Zach hasn't earned his share of boos and, and certainly deserved to be booed that game. But like that's your that's your how you start off right is you made the correct play instead of forcing something and you're immediately and you getting still get booed. killed for it right and and for a, a young guy struggling mentally that that doesn't help no doubt yeah, yeah. it's beep man because like I I think Zach certainly deserves the the criticism he gets at times I I just think he's tossed in a situation where. I do think the organization wanted to do right by him and shut him down for like the last four games. I think that the the intention was to always play Mike white, but they did want to say, Hey Zach, you know what? Take these four games off, you know, get your mind right. Start working into the, into the off season and see, you know, maybe either he's here next year with totally reworked mechanics and mentals and whatever, or he sets himself up for a fresh start somewhere else. Right. I, I just think that there was the organization trying to do right by him. And then, White gets hurt and he's thrust back into a situation where, okay, well, now he has to be a savior. Unfair to him, right? Honestly, it's unfair to him. But um, let's look at, I was, I sent this to you and I thought this was probably an interesting thing for some people to hear. Um, so I was looking at scouting reports of Zach just to make sure I wasn't going crazy, right? The, the Jets selecting him number two overall. So some of the weaknesses on the scouting report I'm reading from ML, uh, NFL.com. I'm pretty sure this is Lance Zerline. Yep, Lance Zerline, who, who had his. Carries ball down the waist as a pocket scanner, something he del- still does. Has tendency to overstride and sail throws at times, something he still does. Hero ball needs to di- needs to be dialed back a bit, something he still does. Uh, he passes up on the easy throw to make the harder throw, something he still does. Uh, doesn't work with enough anticipation as a passer. Something he still does. Uh, Baby's throws, forcing open receivers to break stride. Something he does. So it's like, these are all things coming out of college that weren't fixed. And I know a lot of people, Greg Knapp, may he rest in peace, has, has been brought up a lot, right? Because he was supposed supposed to be the key to all this because he's developed quarterbacks. And now you're sticking together an inexperienced room who's not great at developing QBs and passers to try and figure out Zach. So all that said, it's it's a bad situation. I mean, I again, I feel for Zach because I, I do think the organization wanted to do right from him. And ultimately, at the end of the day, and I said this on the last podcast, any Jets fan should want him to work out because that's the best case scenario, right? And then you have your passer. Even if he's a league average passer, you can, you can, in this offense with this defense, you can see a league average passer succeed, like White. So it's really just a matter of, What's what's next for him? I don't know. I, I really don't know. But I don't think anybody has a has a good idea of it right now. But I, I just don't see how yeah. the Jets improve this quarterback room entering the offseason. Yeah, I think you touched on an important point, right? That this wasn't the plan to put Zach back in. I think it's clear that it wasn't going to be the plan until we kind of had to do it, right? Once right. White got hurt. 
And and you're not gonna fix yourself in three weeks. Uh, you know, when you're when you're fundamentally broken and when you're mentally broken, you're not fixing it in three weeks. When your team just came off of two losses, it, you lost your kind of the guy everyone was rallying around in the locker room. Like it, it, that makes it worse, not better, right? Um, in general, too, and and Zach was probably more flawed than people like to make out but it's also like the nfl consensus had zach here right this wasn't Mm -hmm. a this wasn't a lol jets moment like i can guarantee you if we pass on zach wilson he's a 49 right yeah he's going to the he's going to san francisco the 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 eagles among other teams were interested in zach wilson you know like Justin Fields, Mac Jones, they both fell out of the top 10. I, 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 there's merits for why you could have picked either of them, both of them. But this wasn't just a Jets evaluation thing. That You could say there, there's NFL evaluation bias or misses here, but in general, too, quarterback is always drafted off traits. Outside of like a Trevor Lawrence golden boy, Andrew Luck golden boy, right? Every quarterback coming out of college has flaws and a lot of them, right? And and you just read off the flaws of, of college Zach Wilson that he hasn't fixed, right? And and I think it's it's hard to grade these guys on a proper curve sometimes, especially when you get like a Justin Herbert come in and absolutely light it up. And then when you're a fan base as starved as we are, and you're just like, this this guy's got to be the guy, right? We just went through Gino. We went through Hackenberg. We went through Sam. Um, to a lesser extent, Sanchez prior to that, right? It's like, this has to be the guy. Um, right. And and it, it just doesn't work like that. <laughs> no, like, we're, we're less than two seasons, right? This, Zach's played a little over a season's worth of games, and, and injuries certainly set him back um, twice. Right. Both both seasons, major injuries. Uh Jordan Palmer likes to say, uh QB coach Jordan Palmer, right? Um, that that organizations tend to fail QBs more than the other way around, right? Yep. And and that's not absolving Zach here, because I think a lot of this is on Zach. But I, I know I've had the debate with folks in the Discord server around whether or not the Jets were ready to take a quarterback last year. Right. And, and it's hard when you're at 1.02, like you have to take a quarterback. If the guy's there and you have the pick, you have to take it. Right. Um, and, and in general, if you're bad enough to take a quarterback, generally your roster isn't good enough to support a quarterback. Um, so it's kind of, how do they sift through until you get to the point where, where your roster is good enough. But I, I think we're, we're kind of seeing that on full display just as you kind of look back in hindsight, right. Where like, look at the, look at those back half of the season rosters that Zach was working with last year. They were not very good. And and this is, this is true of Sam Darnold too, right? This isn't just a Zach thing Um, where you have revolving door on offensive line, your weapons are constantly changing and that's happened this year too. Right. And, and injuries happen everywhere, but when you're thin and when your depth's not great, it, it hurts that much more last year, new coaching staff, new offensive coordinator, new system install, lacking the QB coach, like you said, and, and they spent a lot of time trying to get that right last year. Um, I don't, it just all compounds on top of 
whatever's going on off the field and the locker room, his general attitude, it, it all compounds, man. And yep. you hate to see it come to this, but it's like, at, at on the other hand, if it was going to go this way, you'd rather it go this way quickly. Right. Just from a um, sunk cost type of, okay, it's sunk, let's move on, let's, I, I think, and and I I don't think we have any good answers. I don't think we know the answer yet. I'm certainly sitting on my hands waiting for these next two weeks to play out, right? Yep. In terms of what what could be the path forward at quarterback. I don't know. If we win the if we win two, go to the playoffs, we're talking a whole different situation than if we lose two and we're picking at like pick twelve, right? Right. Those are two probably the two extremes. We probably lay somewhere in the middle. But um, those have two very, very different paths. What do they think and what do they truly believe internally about Zach? I don't know. It, it, it probably can't be good at this point. But again, he's been there less than two years and, and you've seen flashes. Um, you've also seen mostly bad, though. So right. where where do they truly lie? Do you, do you try to redshirt him and bring him back later? Do you just move him, take an extra dead cap hit to move him and, and get some capital back? We'll see. Yeah. I mean, the team's cap situation isn't great as it is, which is why I think this whole time that the solution, not solution, because it's not a great, great answer, but the solution for me was always, well, it's going to be Mike White and Zach next year with, you know, either a a veteran or, I mean, I would take my chance with a, with a day two or day three pick. I mean, I, I just don't know, you know, and that's something we'll discuss as, as we get the off season underway. But so I want to flip the conversation to the other side of the ball. Because this is really what pissed me off more than Zach Wilson, right? All year long, we've been saying the same thing on this podcast. When you get a team that wants to attack the second level of this defense, where you want to attack the linebackers, get players out in space, underneath routes, really move the ball. We've been saying all year that that was the Achilles heel of this team, right? The safeties, the linebackers, uh, and that's exactly what Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars offense did in this game. Jaguars had a total of, sorry, I'm efforting something, 218 pass yards in this game. Trevor Lawrence, right? 171 of those yards were yards after the catch. Trevor Lawrence had an average depth of target in this game of 4.6 yards. So, at the end and a, of the day, a lot of those first reads too. A lot right. of the like he wasn't working through progressions and checking down. The, a well, lot of those were by design. All I know is that Mike White looked great for the Jaguars. He looked great. So, uh, listen, man. I mean, jokes aside, this is this is the fear that we've had all year with this Jets defense, right? And you see the warts, and I know Mosley graded out well in this game. I'm pretty sure, but like you're seeing the warts of the of the linebacker core and why it's a. a area that the Jets need to attack this offseason or to shore up the defense for 2023. Yeah, and I think there I think there's two plays you can look at that kind of really put it in focus. There was basically the same play that the Lions ran on us the week prior, right? You have Ingram leaking across right right behind the line of scrimmage or right above, I guess, the line of scrimmage. Kind of the the linebacker and man doesn't chase him mosley or whoever is kind of dropping in a shallow zone doesn't pick him up he grabs it turns up field massive chunk play right Mm -hmm. and then you get the one play um i believe they had a wide receiver ingram go in motion 
you see Quincy start to chase it. Michael Carter, the two of them are kind of tripped up on who's covering who. They both go the wrong way, snap it, quick dump off to ETN. He's got like 20 yards on the sideline, right? And it's like those two plays just exemplify what teams are able to do to us and have been doing to us increasingly, right? I think we, we've probably been more negative on the defense than most folks. And, and don't get me wrong. Like they held them to field goals most of the day, whether or not that was just game script and, and maybe taking some, some foot off the gas or not playing a little more conservative once they're in scoring range, because we, we were useless in offense and the weather was bad. I don't know, but when teams need to, to move the ball on us and, and come up with big plays, they've been able to do it in those critical downs a lot of the time on third down. And and it's largely been by attacking those guys, right? Attacking right. us in the middle of the field, using tight ends, using running backs and mismatches. It's It just sucks, man, because it feels like, and again, it's not that the defense has been playing bad, right? I don't think it's fair to say the defense has been playing bad, but it certainly feels like in recent weeks they've taken a step back. I mean, you look at third down efficiency for, for the Jaguars, 7 of 16 on third down. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at some of these other, some of the other weeks that they have, but the Jets haven't been able to get off the field on third down in, in recent weeks. And, and it sucks because a lot of that is just, well, if you get the Jets in manage, if you get the Jets defense in third and third and two, right. Third and three, you can probably convert that because it's not a, a surefire passing situation. And we've seen, running backs cut through the middle of the line and make it to the second level. No problem. In recent weeks, you've seen bad situational football in recent weeks. So it's like, it's just, everything is happening at once. And like, uh, it, it's such an eat. I don't want to say an easy fix, but I think the Jaguars put together a blueprint on how you can attack this defense. So. Yeah. And it's not, it's not by throwing at sauce either. Right. right? Which <laughs> Largely. Is what, it's not by throwing at the outside guys. It, it's right. everything. Keep it with between the numbers and you will have success. All of a sudden, that's something that teams are figuring out now. It's crazy. You know, week 17, and all of a sudden, like, oh, this is how you attack the Jets event. It's probably because they listen to this podcast, Liz. That's why. Yep. That's what we've been saying. Oh, yeah. It's yeah that's a, D- Doug Peterson was like, man, how how can I crack this Jets defense? Let me throw mm-hmm. on a, let me throw on jet fuel and get the X's and O's. <laughs> Thank you for listening, Doug Peterson. We appreciate it. So this is one more, one more thing before we move on to our top gun for the week. Um, Two more wins. Jets need two wins. Have to get two wins. They don't win one of these two games. They're they're essentially done, if not totally done. The board is stacked up for them because I don't think Tua plays the remainder of the year and that kind of, you know, say solves week seven, week 18, right? But you have to beat Seattle first, which hasn't been, it's not a given. They've come down, they've come down they've to earth a little come down bit. To earth. Right. Tyler Lockett injured is big. Right. So still need two wins. They need a little bit. They need the New England to lose one of their next two games versus Buffalo and versus Miami, which, you know, they play Miami first, which, you know, Belichick will probably take advantage of them too. It doesn't play. And then you play Buffalo in week 18, which Buffalo might not have anything to play for. And who knows at that point. So still work to be done. Sliz still work to be done. Yep. All right. Let's move on. So this week's Top Gun. You know, there's there's only one group who deserves it this week, and that's the fans for going out and seeing this game. Like, I'm sorry. 
uh, crappy weather up here. It was rainy. It was cold. Like I could deal with snow being out in snow, right? Like that's not a problem. But when it's rainy and cold and gross like that, it's a totally different animal. And the weather was what it was on Thursday night. Jets fans going out, sitting through that atrocity. I will say the geeks who were chanting, we want Shreveler. Like, I'm sorry. Like, get a grip, please. Like, just get a grip. Be real. Um, But fans, for sitting through that game, I think you deserve it, at least for just this week. You know, not the Twitter people or not the dis- even the Discord people, but fans who are at the stadium definitely deserve it for, for braving the elements to get out there. Yeah, I think this was a good example of one of those games, and I feel like I've seen it every Jets home game. Like, oh, this is the most important game of the so far. Like, we need all the fans in the stadium. It's like, no, like, <laughs> just leave it, leave it, guys. Like, mm-hmm. let let it die. Don't don't try to shame people into going to the game. Don't bully them because they're not going to the game. Like, it tickets are expensive, and conditions have been. Quite frankly, miserable almost every single home game. We've we've had so much rain at our home games this year. Like, I I do not blame people for not going to games in the slightest. And then when again when you have fans booing, booing everything under the sun, even even the good throwaways and, and stuff like that, it's like why are, why are we rallying everyone to get to the game when when we're almost working against our own team at times? Yep, yep. I mean it's brutal, man. It, it's Listen, I don't live far from MetLife. I probably live about a half hour from MetLife. But, I mean, getting out there, especially for fans who are out there on Long Island, where the core of the Jets fan base lives, I mean, that's that's a hike, number one. Deal with traffic, number two. Um, just just miserable. So I understand fans not going to games, honestly. I, 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 was, I will say I was more mad earlier in the season, like the first Patriots game at home. We're like, all right, then you should be getting up and getting in the building. Right. That's oh, like yeah. good weather, divisional opponent. You know, there's no reason for the place to be, you know, 30, 30% full at, at kickoff. Like that's just not a good look, but uh, games like that on Thursday night, like, no, stay home, stay your ass home. Why do you want to be, why do you want to be in that stadium for that? You know, like just gross. Yeah. It gets Jacksonville too. Like it's tra- seeing Trevor Lawrence would be a cool experience, I guess, but like it's Jacksonville. I don't know. All right, so let's uh, know around the league in roughly 60 seconds this week because it's Christmas and I'm lazy, so there's that. Um, we can move on to the Geek of the Week, though. This week's Geek of the Week, I picked this one. I mean, this was a slam dunk, and we've had him as a Geek of the Week before. Fortunately, he lost his job on Monday. Nathaniel Hackett, though, son of former Jets offensive coordinator Paul Hackett. I guess the suck must run in the family. Um, getting the axe on Monday... One of the few NFL coaches, first-year coaches, to be fired during the season. I want to say three have been fired during the season. And it was Hackett, Urban Meyer, and some Jamoke from 1947 who nobody knows who he is. So it doesn't even count. So uh, that's not counting the resignations like Bobby Petrino, who, who retired, who stepped down in the middle of the, his first season and and uh, other, other things that happened there. So one of three. And it was an adventure to say the least, for Nathaniel Hackett. And and he went out with a bang, right? Getting absolutely (laughs) smoked by the the Baker Mayfield Rams, the the half-healthy Rams, man. Like, yeah, if there's any game that was going to be the one to, like, put it over the top, that that was it, right? Where it felt inevitable, and you have new ownership, 
things clearly did not go as planned. A lot of that seems to be rested right on his shoulders, right, in terms of offensive scheme and, and this and that. Man, yeah, just happy trails. <laughs> I mean, so you look at Denver now, and this is – if you're a Denver fan, if you're a Broncos fan, this is a nightmare situation that you're stuck in because – the team is talented on the defensive side of the ball for sure. Their secondary is good, but now you're stuck in such a state of disarray on the offensive side of the ball because you're already like pretty much on the outs, Jerry Judy, that he was stuck in trade in trade talks, and he's been really good since then. I want to say he's, he has like a ninety percent catch rate since since the trade deadline or something like that, which is absurd. But now you need to bring in a, a new head coach to try and stabilize this. You have to navigate the Russell Wilson stuff and hope that it's a, the new scheme is a fit with him. And you're fighting in a division that's very difficult. That's not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, the Raiders are kind of iffy, but you know, the Mahomes chiefs and the Herbert chargers, you know, even with Brandon Staley, that's not, that's not easy waters, not easy, easy waters to wade. And another offensive line that's, in flux, right? right. I, I think every every offensive line in the league's in flux, but the Broncos have no resources, right? Yes. Yeah. So it it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting, man. It, it, you feel like it can't get worse, and um, I know D- Dan the Dan Quinn um, Brian Schottenheimer duo was, was kind of being floated here and and on Twitter in the Twitter sphere. Um, I guess Dan Quinn interviewed for that job last, last year, year, and mm-hmm. and Shotty would be his his. OC of choice who was Russell's OC in Seattle and and they were they were successful and productive there so um old yeah we'll, we'll see man. old friend Brian oh, yeah. Schottenhammer lives let's see another day crazy but that's just a that's just a crazy situation altogether they got Condoleezza Rice in there with in the coaching search <laughs> and I know she's a minority owner too so that's fine like no big oh, deal yeah. she's a part owner so that like no problem that's cool but like well, you saw yeah. the news today that um, they want the head coach reporting to the new owner too. Yeah, which you know which, what I just as, as Jets fans we know does not yeah. go well. You don't want that. You don't want that. I, I'll I'll tell you this too that you know what I just discovered today and like something you learn every. I had no idea that John Elway is no longer president of football operations there. Oh really? I, I didn't know that either. Well, right? Well, he he's a consultant. Didn't he now. step aside when George Patton? Yeah, when Peyton was when George Payton was hired, he was Payton. actually elevated. He was actually elevated okay. to president of football ops, and he was there for gotcha. you know, however long he was there in that position. But what I found out today is that he's actually not president of football ops anymore, and he's just a consultant. Really? For the team. Yeah, that apparently yeah, happened I in didn't February know that. at some point. Yeah, totally bizarre. Totally bizarre. I mean, the the, the the Paxton lunch pick just sunk all credibility. Yeah. I mean, I was, dude, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler. Like, you look at the quarterback yeah. since Peyton since Peyton Manning retired. Osweiler, Lynch, um, it's Trevor Simeon. Like, it's just been Case Keenum. They gave they gave Case Keenum all that money. Teddy, like, Teddy Bridgewater, baby. Teddy Bridgewater. Like, it's just crazy to see like the Drew Locke. You know, Drew Locke is another, and I'm sitting here thinking, for the love of all that is holy, please don't let that be us. Please don't yeah. let that be us. It's been uh, it's been us to it's been us, somewhat of a like, degree, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been us, but like, please no more. 
I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anyway. All right, so let's, let's take a look ahead. This is the flight plan. Uh, we're looking at week 17 versus the Seahawks. Like you mentioned, they've come down to earth. What do the Jets need to do to get a win in this game? <laughs> score points, <laughs> man. <laughs> like, yeah, we need to score points. And, and you know, I, th- I think with Mike White, with Mike White coming back, it, it probably helps. But, man, we need to score points. We need to move the football. Like, I know that's like super obvious but we haven't done that consistently and then even when we did do it consistently with mike white it was a lot of field goals not touchdowns right Mm -hmm. so we need to score points and like the seahawks are a young team i thought we we talked already about how they're a little banged up on offense they're they're kind of coming down but kenneth walker is healthy they've their offensive line's been playing well um got to stop the run first and foremost I think we can handle ourselves outside. I think we can match up okay with DK and 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 whoever else they even have out there, whether it's uh, Marquise Goodwin or, or whoever with Lock It Out. Um, saw, I think just today the news came out, Will Disley's season is over. So you have Noah Fant, which is still a big mismatch um, at the tight end position, but not as many tools in the tool chest there. Um against our 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 weak spot as we we've right. highlighted a lot um that i think you know on defense it, it's really kind of just do do the same thing you've done on on offense we we got to move the ball got to get into our playmakers really the the seahawks defense is pretty unimpressive um but they have been able to force turnovers and and certainly Tariq woolen is, is the big name um on that defensive side for them um curious to see i, d- I doubt he really matches up and, and follows anyone right just kind of playing the, the traditional seattle seattle defense so i don't know man we'll see we got if we can't pick up yards on the ground it's gonna be a long day as it it's has been story of you know the last however long right if they can't yeah. figure it out on the ground it's like what 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 chances this offense have, right? And and Mike White isn't a guy that's going to go out there and be a gunslinger. He's just not. That's not his game. It's not like he's an effect. He can effectively operate this offense. We said it a lot. He can effectively operate this offense, which is a good thing. Like he'll take the smart decision. He'll take the check down and let his playmakers do the work. Is he a guy that's going to throw the offense on his back and carry them? He's. I, I mean, unless he takes that next step, we haven't seen it. Right? We've never seen it. And I know that people look at the bottom line, they look at the yards and they look at the throw, you know, the they look at the yards and they look at the production that he's had. And it's like, oh, well, he can move the ball. Yeah, because he's smart with it, because he knows to just dump it off if if it what his first read isn't there. So ultimately, this this team, they just need to run the football. That's been the story all year. We know Michael Flores comes from that Shanahan scheme, which tells you that they want to run the football. And if you can't do it, this they're just not equipped. They have the tools, they have the weapons to do it, but they don't have the offensive line and they don't have the quarterback to go bombs away on offense. So I'm scared. I, I really am. I, I just don't have a good feeling about this game again, heading out West. I, I know it's technically a good matchup for us, but I don't know, man. I don't know. On the offensive line, too, it's going to be very important to keep Mike White clean. Mm-hmm. And I assume, you know, Mike Mike White's been super quick moving through his pro- progressions, 
right? And and almost too too fast, at, I think, at times. But I, I assume that's that'll probably help the offensive line. But, man, he's got to get that ball out and out quick because I, I doubt he can take too many hits, man. I, mm-hmm. I am I am shocked he got cleared to be to be frank right. <laughs> um you know they said both t- the team and independent doctors clean cleared them so um you know you kind of trust it circumstance always has leaves you kind of asking uh questions whether he would have been cleared otherwise or not but um yeah glad to have him back clearly i don't i, I don't know what we would have done this week, if Mike White couldn't come back, I, I honestly have no clue. I don't like none of the options would have been good between Zach Streveler or or Flacco. They all suck as starting options. So glad he's back. It, it hopefully galvanizes locker room a little bit more and feel like we have a fighting chance. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, man. Got to keep I, him clean. Got to run the ball. I have a late submission to Geek of the Weeks, Liz. And the people who like the hyper conspiracy theorists that think that the jets are doing everything they can to keep Mike white off the field. I mean, can we stop with that? This is a team that we, and we've seen with Sala, like they're doing everything they can to make the playoffs this year. Right. That's why they benched Zach in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 benched Zach. Right. (laughs) They're they're not bending over backwards. They benched Zach. Right. (laughs) And they benched Zach. They like, they, they got to this point. Like they did everything they can to keep this kid off the field. Fine. So, so, so this idea that all of a sudden that, oh my God, they're so scared to play Mike White because they want to be right. Cause Joe Douglas wants to be right about Zach. Well, get real. Like the Beningo takes of the world. Like I have to sit here and listen to this crap. Like the idea, listen, I'm not a believer in Mike White, but the idea that this, this franchise that has looked for a franchise quarterback since Joe Namath was, was banging cocktail waitresses two by two in New York. Like, the idea that they are scared to play a guy who could be a franchise quarterback. Like, can we get real for a second? Like how, and realize like how ridiculous that sounds, like how stupid that sounds. Especially when like we, they, they have had no qualms calling out and benching other dudes on the roster. Elijah right. Moore, Denzel Mims called out right. Makai. Right? right. Right. Like they've had no qualms. Like, letting people play based off merit that right. heck, Tony, Tony Adams making the roster over Will Parks or, and mm-hmm. um, Jason Pinnock. Right. Right. Like it, it's been top to bottom all over the roster. Right. It's, it's, that's why I said, like, it just, it bothers me that I have to listen to these. Like the jets are like, would rather sabotage their season to find out, you know, what, who Zach Wilson is than play Mike, like get real, man, get real. It's just stupid. Ah. Yeah. Sure. we'll see anyway. big, big game big game <laughs> very, very big game and none that i feel good about so we'll see all right so let's, let's bring it in for a landing this is the landing strip what's on your mind my friend yeah a couple things I had to uh pull an audible for my christmas plans planning on going up to the parents and uh weather weather kept us from making it there uh tried to to trot our way out hit about 20 of miles of ice straight like ice on the highway uh decided to turn around right there and we we weren't even halfway and i was like no we're we're not doing this so um yeah kind of a bummer there but we we rallied 
hit up uh thankfully costco was still open on christmas eve got a ham got got a whole bunch of food did a little feast at home with my sister so ended up ended up all working out bummer but hey that's how it goes hey man at least you didn't have to work on christmas yeah that's true then like some people not working this week either man like some co-hosts have have to do on christmas some jet fuel no i i did not work on christmas but i did get woken up back-to-back days at 4 a.m one due to my daughter coughing but the other one man we've had we've had i think three and maybe it's just on me for not changing all the batteries at the same time but every time a smoke detector battery goes off it is in the middle of the night dude every single time without fail it it never starts beeping at like two in the afternoon 10 10 in the morning it's always between 2 and 4 a.m so had one of those go go and just totally ruined my night of sleep on Christmas. So, yeah. uh, but it is what it is. And then uh, last one I got organization. We we hit up Target today. Or I don't know. We're like super being home when we weren't planning on being home. Had all this extra time on our hands. Went super hardcore on like a winter cleaning, getting stuff yeah. organized, and bought all sorts of organizer shelves and tools and drawers and all that and man it feels good to like get your life together around the home like where stuff just gets totally out of whack over time it's like man what what am i why do i always chuck stuff in this drawer and then have to fumble through it to find what i want it's like i'm gonna organize that crap yep i'm something of a neat freak so i understand that entirely like oh yeah post the 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 catharsis of a post christmas cleaning when you put yeah. all the presents away and like put the wrapping paper where you take the tree down, that's just such a good feeling, man. It's so oh, good. yeah, nice and organized again. Things get back to normal. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yep. And the, uh, now that we're post Christmas, I'm full on, I would kind of already been in the mode, but full on baby prep mode now, man. Ah, there you go. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're coming, they're coming within the next couple months, man. So oh, gotta, go. gotta get the crib, gotta get all that put together gotta get my daughter moved to a new bedroom and a new bed and kind of get her used to that so that's gonna be a fun few months man exciting man Exciting. oh yeah santa bring you anything nice um my sister got me a one of the retro teal pistons jerseys for jade and ivy which is sick so boilermaker jade and ivy so a little crossover between uh college and nba for me another so, uh almost nick jade and ivy yep almost almost, almost uh new york nick great jade and ivy right another, um, another one that they were hot after <laughs> of course you know these things yeah, yeah. outside of that just hitting up the uh the old steam winter sale and and bought more games than i'll be able to play but yeah, that's how it goes that's the struggle right i'm a game hoarder too so it's all right so uh, first things first on my line of strip thought, I do want to thank you for the Christmas gift. I really appreciate you sending me a bottle of tequila Ocho. I have it right next to me and I can't wait to crack that bad boy open. Uh, it's my favorite tequila. It's very, very good. Very good. Uh, Cherry 7 Up. I, I do I do listen to you on this podcast. I don't just Sometimes. talk the whole time. I do I do so listen. I, I, you know, questionable. I mean, you said you had to go back and, and find out which episode, but whatever. You know, that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I do uh, cherry seven up tastes exactly like Shirley temple. And I'm going to throw some tequila in that at some point. Nice. And shout out to stacking dollars for the uh, dirty Shirley recommendations. So we'll see how that goes. And, you know, Sliz, 
on this podcast, we we typically don't break news. I have a little news of myself to break. A bit Uh-oh. of personal news. Come July, the Jet Fuel podcast will have one new listener. Let's go, baby. Baby boy Rivera coming July 2023. Awesome, man. Yep. Hey, congratulations. Oh, Thank you. Bottle of tequila is just in time, then. Just in time. I don't know if I have to drink awesome. it now or if I drink it now or after the baby comes, but like it's there. So, um, oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, maybe, wow. Maybe that's, a little bit now. that's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, been saving it. Been saving it for a while. I didn't want to tip anything off. I know you're out here pumping babies out left and right. So, <laughs> Uh, you know, I didn't want to steal your thunder, but uh, yeah, that's uh, we made made the announcement officially public today. Um, very cool. Been, yeah, it's been quite the quite the experience so far. We're both very excited. We found out the the sex. It's a baby boy. So July 2023, cool. the Jet Fuel podcast ranks grow by one. And uh, nice. maybe maybe one day your your three your three daughters and and my my soon to be son will you know, take the reins of the jet fuel podcast into a new yeah, stratosphere. Maybe. So we'll hey, see. We're, we're, we're getting close to a start in five in basketball. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting there, man. Getting there. Getting there. That's, That's awesome. Right. Congratulations. Yeah. Happy for Thank you guys. You. Thank you. Yeah. We're, you'll we're you'll have someone to uh, share in your misery with. Yeah. Watching, absolutely. Well, watching jets football. Yeah, you know, my, my wife is a Giants fan, and I already told her I'm not gonna fight you. I'm not gonna fight okay. you. So I'm just not because you know the Yankees, the Yankees fandom is is a little bit more important to me. So that's yep. that's fine. But um, yeah, she's she's a Giants fan. Her whole family are all Giants fans, and I'm you know, the weird thing is like my extended family, I have like a cow like one of my cousins is a Cowboys fan, one of my cousins is a Jets fan, the rest of them are all Giants fans. So it's like I'm kind of out on an island here with my yeah. me and my dad who are Jets fans, but little black uh, I, sheep. Yeah. 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 That's fine. I already, so I told my wife already, I'm not, I'm really not going to fight you on it. You know, if whatever happens, you know, maybe we'll put two onesies out, whichever one the baby crawls to will be, will be there. The, the choice for the rest of their life. But uh, yeah, exciting times, man. Exciting times. Let the, let the names begin because we're, uh, oh, already, yeah. that's the, already, uh, that's the hard part. That's yeah, the hard part, man. Yeah. Ready some debates over that, but I'm sure, I'm sure we'll pick a winner no matter, no matter what it is. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Con- congratulations. Re- really happy for you guys. Thank you. That's all. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of fun. But that'll do it for this week's episode of Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. Obviously, you guys already found us, but you can continue to find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a five-star review where applicable. You can find us on Twitter at Jet Fuel Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN. Sliz, where can the people find you on Twitter? At Sliz underscore NYJ. As always, you can send us an email at jetfuelpodcast, jetfueldiscordpodcast at gmail.com. And Sliz, how can the people join the Discord? Yep, find us at discord.gg slash nyjets. Come uh, hopefully celebrate as we close out the end of the season and make a playoff push, man. We're either going to be <laughs> celebrating or drinking hopefully. a lot. One of the two. Yeah, or uh, or shift gear hard into off season mode, and, yep. and yeah, we're we're already number crunching, number crunching cap space, looking at potential moves, trying to figure out how we can fix the quarterback situation. Um, like I said, sure. still, uh, we'll we'll see what these next two weeks bring. Yeah, I yep. I, I said it coming out of the bye. 
try to enjoy the ride for what it is and mm-hmm. hopefully it has a positive end and, yeah. and we'll make Mike white a $20 million paid QB and it'll all be <laughs> rosy and he's a franchise QB. So yeah. that's the hope. We'll see. we'll see. But until next week for Matt Salard, I am Joe Rivera reminding you, you can't take flight without jet fuel.